three, four. The common counterpart. Welcome back to The Common Counterpart. I am your beta host, Josh. And I am Mark. And this is... Episode 31. 31. It's another prime number. It's a magic number. Remember School of Rock? When she comes in? Vaguely. Oh, so the principal walks in and he's been teaching them how to play. Uh-huh. And so he has his guitar. Yeah. And she's like, what is going on? And he's like, <laughs> he starts doing like these math problems. He's like, four plus eight is, and he's like strumming a guitar okay. to make it sound right. And then he finishes. <laughs> and that's a magic <laughs> number. Because he, so he, he didn't know the answer. It's, it's like a, it ends up being a prime number or something. Okay. Anyway, it's up your alley. Yeah. School of Rock's great. I like primes. Uh, uh, 31. Dude, that's the amount of hamburgers I've eaten since episode 30. So I... Um, I had an amazing hamburger at a local joint, but I think it was a higher quality burger than I'm used to consuming because um, my stomach told me I was full, but my brain would not turn off, and I ate the whole thing. Now, did you eat it by itself, or were there side dishes? There were. I'm not. I do not care for fries, but this particular place had amazing beer battered fries. Um, that's how they get you. Oh my gosh! You you the hamburger. You and I have eaten here before. Yeah. And the hamburger so big was so. Big. I felt like Shaggy from Scooby Doo. I needed some string. You had like the like the ten like the ten burger. <laughs> yeah. It was like. But I think what happens is you you are always full from the burger. Mm-hmm. But then there is this like different mouth sensation, and I say that purposefully. Yes. I want you to feel it. I, I, I'm, I'm actually starting to Tasting my mouth. Tasting it right yeah, now. Yeah. To the saltiness of fries mm-hmm. and just that different texture. And this is how they get you. Mm-hmm. It's the reason why you perfectly pair burgers and fries together. Yes. You, and you don't want another burger. No. But you will absolutely finish that basket of fries. Yes. Um, and a just a burger by itself is never as satisfying as even just a few fries. You, it's, it's like yeah. you have to. Well, and I, I've told you this. The, the food industry knows that there is a fat-salt-sugar combo that lights your head up right. in a similar fashion that heroin would. And that was that book, right? Mm-hmm. Was, I can't remember what the name of it was. It was. Omnivores. Do, no, no. No. Omnivores. Do, something about – it was a foodie, food book. Yeah. But, yeah, that's, that's what they do. That, but, I mean, they, they do that by design. You know, I love listening to you – tell you what you know because of what you've recommended to me as a book does that like give you this sort of ego power i have not had the privilege of raising a son Mm. but if i did i would take just as much joy out of watching him throw his first baseball and play the guitar as i am taking watching you repeat my conspiracy theories but also knowing that i'm reading things that you are recommending yes that's true so i'm not just casting it aside no Uh, Uh, but we're also eating the same foods because i had some good burgers as well and i am not a snooty burger guy okay i tell you what i don't mess with i don't mess with onion rings on my burger really get those out of here i don't like onions i also don't like onion rings i feel like they're pretentious no i don't like changes it's no longer an onion no and now if you just said you want some battered fat in the shape of an onion, but nothing inside. Oh, I'm down for that. Funions. Those are just that. I will go on record. 
two worst chips ever created. Don't. Funyuns. Don't. And. Sun chips. Sun chips. You're wrong. Don't at me because those are the worst two chips that Commoners, um, Mark and I have done this for a very long time. Uh, some ch- sun chips are tasty, and there's a there's a textural pleasure to eating. A, they're, they're very uh, uniform. They're a poor man's chip. They're not a poor. It's the last chip bag at the bottom of That's, the variety pack. No, the last chip bag is almost always Fritos or plain Lay's. Both of which I'm into. Be, I'm, I love me some Fritos. I, I don't discriminate, except for when it comes to Sun Chips. Now, I will kind of mess with the Cheddar Harvest, if I have to. Harvest Cheddar. You're coming along. I'm proud of you. And maybe the Red Salsa, if I'm in a spicy mood. Okay. But the, the, the blue bag? Oh, that's golden right there. No, Good I'm for out. dipping? No, I'm Okay. Out. Well, you're a snob. I am. <laughs> What about um, cracklins or pork rinds? No. Takis? No. Hot Cheetos? You no. Grew, you grew up in Bakersfield, no, man. No, I eat quality chips. You, I'm, I do get a little bougie. I love me some... Oh, we shouldn't be doing this. This is all free ads. <laughs> uh, no, I can't even say it. Any company that produces a fantastic salt and vinegar chip... And I'm not talking about Lay's because their salt and vinegar is garbage. Uh, qual- y'all know what I'm talking about out there. If it's quality salt and vinegar, I mess with that brand. And they are available at certain artisan-style sandwich shops. But you surprise me sometimes because... Now, are they a little tangy, and I consider them to be a little spicy? A li- well, that's tang and spice and, and, and vinegar. It's bitey. They're in the sa- they are bitey. By the way, just you should be informed, vinegar is tells our brains that we're eating something bad. So there is... Then how does ketchup work? Well, ketchup was designed specifically to cover up bad meat. Which makes sense. Yeah, but your brain, when it tastes vinegar, it thinks it's tasting something that's going bad. And some of that pleasure is associated with the same thing about, like, sinning. Like just... Like flirting, it feel, it flirting feels with good. the devil yeah, a little bit. It feels good to do something bad. I could die from this next bite, but I'm yes. going to go for it anyway. Yeah. I do love me some ketchup. Uh, and I, I had a some... kid bring in a bag of ketchup-flavored Lay's. Oh, well, that's too far. And the the, the kids were... It, it was it was a split, man, 50-50. Yeah. Uh, some kids hated it. Some kids loved it. And I just couldn't bring myself to eating... No, here's what's crazy. I was not going to eat a condiment-based chip. And the kid who brought in the ketchup, like, do you eat barbecue chips? Do you eat ranch flavored chips? Ooh, he came that was back a strong. Solid statement. Yeah, that kid's going somewhere in life. Well, he actually dropped out. Okay. Well, and, well, he's going online oh. so that he can play the uh, what do you, what do you, what do you shoot people call your your resell game? Hustlers. Entre- okay. Entrepreneurial he, spirit. He, he's yeah, gonna resell sneaks. He buys and sells uh, um, like electronic stuff that oh, yeah. supply and demand and. So um, he eats ketchup chips. So aside from that, he seems like a decent human. Sure. I wish him well. Well, you know what kind of burger I like is burger-flavored burgers. <laughs> <laughs> and I do love me just the old – something my wife makes fun of me because if we go to a restaurant, I will just get the original, just like the cheeseburger. Okay. Whatever it's Meat called. Meat cheese bun? No, but like they call it usually like the classic mm-hmm. or the – blank name of the restaurant burger where yeah. it's just maybe i'll get a little crazy and throw some bacon on there sometimes but i have no problem just ordering the plain burger i don't need the western oh. i don't need the spicy 
I don't need the. I, I can just play it straight as yeah. the good Lord designed it. It's my uh, wife's least favorite phrase. Uh, as the good Lord? No, <laughs> no. Eat it as it comes. She doesn't eat, like that. She doesn't eat it as it was meant to be. Okay. Well, I mean, all of our food is processed. I'm more referring to like the classic. Got it. I don't need sauces. I don't need extra things. I don't need special. You're, but you're such a conundrum because you're. Oh, I'm an onion and I hate onions. <laughs> because you're that way with, with food, but then when it comes to style, you want my classic way. plus one. Sure. You want. You I want, pick and choose my battles. You and do. Food is not one of them. Um, but burgers. Yes. Did you think about your burger differently after oh, totally. our last episode? And did it have a face? No, but it did make me happy. Mm. There was I, I did say a kind of a small prayer, like thank you, cow, for doing what your... give, doing what you do. Yeah. Um, now, if you eat a burger with an egg on it, which I'm a huge fan of, yeah. Do I just double make vegetarians mad? With no, the... vegetarians are in on that. Uh, vegans, vegans yeah. are out on that. Uh, well, and especially if it's got the bacon on it. That's the that's the trifecta. Yeah. Everybody it, upset. Uh, so yeah, you got beef, uh, poultry, you got poultry, and I got pig. I don't think eggs count as poultry. They do for the vegans. Yeah, but I don't think not they... for the veggies. The vegetarians, I think, are in on eggs. Yeah, but you can. I don't think they're upset at you eating an egg. Oh, because well, it's good not. To know. It's not a protein. It's not a meat. But about cheese? Um, are they okay? No, because vegans well, have their own cheese. I've got a friend of mine, well, brother of a friend. Um, he wouldn't eat anything that had a face or comes from a thing that has a face. That's vegans. So he was no egg, no cheese. Yeah. Which, by the way, why? What about mushrooms? Okay, don't, don't. Technically the fungi, <sighs> and they're alive. Did you, you know that? Did you also know that yogurt is alive? Oh my gosh, what have we done? We've created a monster. I know you're not really a science guy. I'm going to share with you those things. Those are I, live I appreciate that. creatures. Um, yeah. Or live cultures. Uh, bum, 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 bum. Okay, this is line. really going down. We are kind of going off the rails. Yeah. Maybe we should refocus. So I did think of the cow, and I enjoyed it very, very much. I savored it, actually. Um, I, I ate a little bit slower and thought about it a little bit more. But you said something that reminded me of the, uh, uh, of the great comedian John Cleese. Nope. Uh, Monty Python. Oh. Mm -hmm. Headless Nick from uh, Harry, Harry Potter. Harry Potter? Yeah. Now you're speaking my language. Okay. Uh, he said, if God didn't want us to eat meat, uh, if God didn't want us to eat animals, he wouldn't make it taste like meat. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, really good. The Brits are, are, are clever. Yeah, I like it. They're dry, but they're mm -hmm. clever. Now, after we left last week, I sort of was thrown into, again, as the internet so often does, it, it led this horse to water, and Gosh, I had to just... drink. Okay. I'm not really sure what I mean by that. Maybe I mean that sources were brought to me, mm -hmm. right? All my articles started showing up. Right. The internet machine does what it does. AI. And produces the things I need. And we got some stuff to talk about. Because like we, we got some issues. And so, by the way, you and I used to talk more when you were in, uh, part of my world. And so now you surprise me with information. We don't we don't banter in the hall the way we used to. Does it feel more fun? Um it's uh Is it worth the separation anxiety? There's a little bit of it, you know, I, I quake a little bit in anticipation. Yeah. So be gentle. I will. <laughs> uh we're gonna do I'm gonna reach outside of my scope, which is a large scope. Oh my as gosh. you know how important what I am. got into you today. I don't know. I'm feeling uh feeling extra important today. Okay. Huh? Uh and we're talking about 
how the beef industry affects or the effects of the beef industry okay. as it plays out in the mainstream. And there's a lot of things that can go into this, but I want to run some things by you. Okay, and I'll let you know if you're right. Now, the United States is the best. At almost everything. At literally everything good and nothing bad. Well, there are some people who might disagree with you. <laughs> and there are actually, surprisingly, some people that would agree, which is Because we're terrible. probably number one at most things, both good and bad. Do you remember the um, when Waiting for Superman came out? I n- I've never seen it. I read, oh. I read the book. I'm, oh. an, I'm an original. Got it. So there's, yeah. a, there's a scene where they're talking about uh, kids and their performance in math and English, right? Mm-hmm. And so they're talking about where we ranked on, along the world. And it was like 37th or something like that. Uh, and, then they, and then they did an, another question where they asked, um, they ranked our confidence in our math and reading skills. And we were that, number yeah. one. Yeah. It's so good. As long as you feel good about being wrong. The amount of patriotism is just <laughs> fantastic. Uh, but all jokes aside. Never. We, we have gotten very good at producing beef. And I mean the efficiency of it. Not mm-hmm. necessarily the quality, but the efficiency is good. And we have done such a good job that our carbon footprint, 10 to 15 times lower than other regions that are producing beef. So we do okay. it better than everybody else. Got it. Um, s- sources? Uh, um. That would be the food and ag organization of the UN. So do we trust the UN? Well, I, I, I don't know if I trust titles anymore. Because mm. a lot of times, you know, you, you, you're, you're watching a video, read an article, and so-and-so is the, you know, president of such-and-such organization, and you look it up, and it's the guy's apartment. Yeah. I mean, there has to be some accountability. Right. But as I was doing this research this week, so many contradicting facts mm-hmm. that I just don't know what to believe anymore. And again, it, it, it's a from big, real sources. It's a, big, it's a big idea. Yeah, but they're from real sources. Well, when, you know... You, these are not subjective claims. No, you, but... You either we, produce the most beef or you don't. You either... But ha- they, they, did, they did sort of clarify. They've, they, they've... We produce the most beef with less of a carbon footprint, which, by the way, I have no idea what that means. They're word ninjas. <laughs> That's what they are. They know how to dive around and make things prove what they're trying to prove. I think you've invented a word. Word ninjas. That's what we're going to school for now. Yeah. Now, here's what I do know. 1961, it's 2018. We have reduced emissions per pound of beef by 40%. Okay. Now, I don't know what those actual numbers are exactly but i know the percentages and how much we better we are now i also found that we are producing more than 60 percent producing 60 percent more beef per animal which to me either means we did not do a very good job before Mm -hmm. like we only took the steaks and then now we're doing more because how do you miss 60 percent of the animal well i mean so there there is feeding rate i got a friend of mine that, that that sells feed and depending upon spring, fall, winter, whatever, you feed the animal different nutri- nu- uh, nutrients, milk cows, beef cows. Um, but then, any, I mean, think about this. I, the same place I had the burger, I could have gotten a bone marrow sandwich. Hmm. Now, when did we start counting bone, bone marrow as food? I don't know. Oh, that's, that's a good point. We are using... More. More of what's there, which is great. Which, by the way, 
didn't we do that way before when yes. food was more scarce? We we oftentimes looked at native peoples and and their use of the animal in mm-hmm. all aspects. Yeah. And then I think we just didn't need it. And so we decided to just get a little loosey-goosey when we started killing thousands of bison at a time. Mm-hmm. We don't need to use all of it. We just need no. to use what we need right now. Yeah. Skin. And then we realized we had to go back and do a little bit better job at it. Um, do you by chance have any uh, grandparents or great-grandparents in your in your family who still like to eat the gizzards? I do. And liver? Yeah. yeah. They, they fight over some things at Thanksgiving that nobody else is fighting over. But they're fighting. I'm like, well, you can just have it. <laughs> Literally, no one else's hand is. My up. father-in-law calls them sweetbread. It's it's the gizzards and and it's it's the parts of of critters that I don't think I could identify. I don't want to know. Yeah, it's kind of um, gross. But I do admire the fact that a food culture, you know, was was so prevalent. They know what they're eating. They know the value of it. Um, Same with cranberry sauce. What are you talking about? Well, I think you need to tread lightly here, friend. There are two different types of cranberry sauce. I'm not talking about the jelly in a can. The one that's shaped as a can yes. as you take it out? Yeah, yes. I'm not eating that. Okay, but an actually well, a well-prepared cranberry dressing is, but it goes back to that, that tang that you, you like with the vinegar. On the turkey, oh. No, I'm out on that. Okay. Um, we need to get ourselves someone who can run us an errand. <laughs> We, just, we need a third person in here because I am so hungry right now. We just need to just enjoy oh a piece gosh, of yeah. what we're doing. Yeah. Now, here's what was great about this um, article that I was reading. It said that if the rest of the world were as efficient as the United States, we could more than double global beef production, providing more high-quality protein for a growing population. Now, I'm not going to even ask if you think this is pro-beef or anti-beef. <laughs> it is glass half full. For sure. The most full. Um, and there was no comment about the roads needed to distribute no, cow no, 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 and, no. and grain no. uh, and the rivers of, of entrails. But or the education and training provided. I yeah. think you can't just like, I can't, if you gave me a cow, that cow would be dead next week. I don't know how to raise a cow. No. I don't know what to do. Speaking of killing cows, though, haven't you bought? You've purchased a cow before, haven't you? Yes. I, well, I split a cow with someone. Okay. And that process is something that it, there, it came during a time where I was uh, really concerned with the quality of meat uh, in terms of the the sort of health benefits of it. Is Did you get this information from anyone in particular? Is, it, it, what, is there a personality out there that may have said something that you thought, I'm going to do this. Well, I didn't know you could even do this. Oh, you, you, you grew up in Bakersfield. I, I don't know that. Okay. I bought my meat from the grocery store. Like all good people. And I have a buddy of mine who is, he just kind of threw it out there. Okay. And he goes, you know, anyone interested? Because I can't buy a whole cow. And I was like, well, I don't know how big a cow is. <laughs> I don't know how much you're going, They're to, big. you're going to get from that. And so we went in together with like three of us, and we, or maybe four of us. Maybe I only bought a quarter cow. Anyway, he goes, well, the meat's all up here. Come up here. We'll divvy it up. And and we have Frozen or fresh? Yeah, frozen. And so we have, everyone's got an ice chest and we're separating pieces and everybody gets one of these and one of these and one of these. And then you take it home. It lasted for a long time. And it was great because we never had to go get meat. Mm -hmm. Now, this was before the whole Uber Eats thing and where things were coming to you. So going to the store was kind of a pain. Uh, What are you talking about? I don't like going to the store. What? What? <laughs> I actually don't go to the store. 
Commoners, are you guys, are you hearing the, 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 the you like going to the store? I find, I, I do. I, I like it. I find it to be, uh, uh, I like to see what's out there. I, I consider it a challenge. Oh, is it 1857 oh and you're God. at the Silver Dollar General Store down the street? Mercantile. Dude, you don't, food comes to you, bro. No, you pay for that. No, you don't. Yes, you, you do. You know what's more valuable than my money? Don't say your time. My time on this earth. Oh, dear Lord. You are. I don't got time for that. This, this all, you know what? Another episode. Okay. You know, for all that time you save, what do you do with it? Whatever I want. No, and that's the American way. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm, I'm actually getting nervous. Now, back to our quarter cow that I purchased. Mm-hmm. It was fantastic. I would do it again, but you have to have the facilities to keep cow. Just a regular yeah. freezer, especially if you got Otter Pops and all the other essentials in there, it's just not going to cut it. Got it. So you have to have a side freezer. Yeah, the, which, big, the big one. Yeah, so now okay. you're jumping up a class in terms of who can afford to do that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, was my meat cheaper than buying grass-finished, grass-fed beef in the store? Yes, it was. Okay. Now, was it a lot up front that most people probably aren't like really happy about dropping? Probably. Yeah. So there's always trade-offs. Like we don't have this idea of like, you know, I can just buy that one piece of really good meat. In order to get the good deal, you got to buy in bulk. It's but, the. But when you bought the cow, you were guaranteed the condition of the cow. Yes. Grass-fed. Yes. Okay. All the way through. Now. So that guy only he only butchers a couple of cows a year. And these are cows that he has on his mm-hmm. grass field. Yep. And that's again we talked about this last last and time. I, and I, honestly, I full transparency, I was a little excited about sort of doing the Lord's work. <laughs> Of, like, keeping the little guy going. And, again, pre-pandemic, pre-before that was cool. But I did feel like I'm doing my part right now. Mm-hmm. I'm taking some money out of the, the, the big, big guy. Big guys, yeah. And I'm putting it in the pocket of this guy right now. And then you just turned your back on him post-COVID. No, he doesn't. he's not killing enough cows. Well. <laughs> this is the other problem. Well, I want more. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not. it's not time to butcher yet. Well, what the heck am I supposed to do until it's time to butcher? And this goes back to another thing. Uh, we've moved away from seasons. You can get an avocado anytime you want. You can get a strawberry, strawberry anytime you, you want. want. And you're right. There are seasons to butcher, uh, and there are seasons you wait. Yeah. Um, I, we don't like waiting. Would you say that you tasted a difference between? Uh, okay, and this is an honest thing because everyone's like, oh, okay, it's easy to say that. when you It actually did taste better, right. and I don't cook. My wife does. Uh I, nothing to do with that chill out there. I don't know how. Uh, you do too. I don't know how to cook. How do we? Every time I cook, I get in trouble because I just make it plain. But there was a season when you weren't living at home. How did you eat between mom's cooking and wife cooking? I lived. I worked at the mall. I had uh, pretzels from Annie Ann. Mall rat. <laughs> from no 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 free ads. Uh, from the pretzel guy. Um, uh, anyway, so. it. She said it, it cooked differently as well. Interesting. Yeah, and I don't really know what that means, and I don't know if she was trying to justify to me that I made a good purchase. We might but either we, way. We might need to have a guest. I'll take it. Because the one thing I do know is b- back to you know we, we've industrialized our food, and we want to believe that Farmer John is growing our chickens and our cows out in the pasture, and 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 the and the cow's got a bell around its neck, and it's got a little piece of hay. Um, Especially because the marketing would lead you to believe that way. Right, and you feel better eating that animal. But it's really, it, it's more like an auto shop. I mean, you've got cows just s- smashed together and 
they're 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 going pee and poop all over themselves. It's a stinky, gross mess um, because it, it food is no longer quality. It's more about efficiency, and and the bottom line is dollars. Right, and so we're talking about we produce more cows. We've cut down on carbon emissions, but you didn't say anything about nutrition. No, you said nothing about health. The um, only thing I think it has going for it is just in its natural state, a cow is pretty nutrient dense. Right, and. So even the crappiest cow. Still, are we saying caloric dense or nutrient dense? Both in, well, ter- in in terms of the profile. Okay, that's very different. As, I mean, as a scientist. Right, but as a as a nutrition. Uh huh. Eating cow mm-hmm. is pretty satiating. Yes. And it also is it it get, a little bit goes a long way in terms of caloric intake. Do Do you know that there is evidence now that says humans are psychologically addicted to the umami um, flavor, smell, texture of, of red meat? I mean, is there anything better than walking outside and grabbing that smell? Oh, gosh. So I, I, I'm not going to name the name, but there is a place where you can get yourself some, some sliced tri-tip pretty cheap on a Tuesday. And you stand in line sometime, and you can just you stand next to the barbecue. So good. So good. Um, because that was something you and I talked about, about how the marketing has changed. I mean, obviously, um, most of the cow— It used to just be cow. Yeah, just cow. But And every everyone was almost the same. Now, I—here's another reason why I don't like going to the grocery store. I don't know what to get. You, you, I just stand in front of all the meat, and it all kind of looks the same but doesn't look the same. Right. And you and I would probably buy the cheaper meat because, you know— we don't know what we're missing out on. Right. So is it is it $5 a pound? Is it $7 a pound? Well, it's like, oh, it's it's 7 cents difference. And I'm like, yeah. oh, that's not bad. But I don't know how much it weighs right. per pound. And, so and how I'm much looking... fat am I going to cut off exactly. of the thing? Um, because most of us are eating grain-fed. Now, grain versus grass. But you're... grain's good for you. Grain is good for you. Grain's full of fiber. Yeah, grain but... is what you need on your bread. Right. It's the wholesome. reason why you should have so much bread every day. Right. But the grain that we're talking about is corn. Right. And when was the last time you stood in a cornfield? Never, except for my worst nightmare where someone's chasing me. Okay. Because I I won't do the corn maze or anything like that. I don't do any of that either. But corn's like eight feet tall. Yeah. So guess what? Cows are not evolved to eat corn. No. Cows, by their their design, their, their, their shape, are designed to look down at the ground their entire life eating grass. They got the neck for it. Absolutely. Uh, I've got a face for radio. (laughs) Hence why we're podcasting (laughs) and not doing a YouTube video. Um, But we feed, we we say grain, but what we really mean is subsidize corn from the Midwest. And only because that's the cheapest thing we had. And that is caloric dense, not nutrient dense. There is a difference there. Yes. Of course. Um, And so you get these, you get this cow. Right, and it's it's been corn fed most of its life. Well, and I, I I can't go through the whole science of it, but grass carbohydrates and corn carbohydrates are very very different. And how you break up those molecules and the enzymes needed and the bacteria that like to eat them cause problems. And this is one of the reasons that uh, the 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 butchering of cows comes along with it, E. coli, because a corn uh, I'm sorry a grass based diet. Uh, what's the right word? Halts E. coli. But a corn diet 
promotes E. coli in the gut of these of these cows. So grass-fed cows, no E. coli trace. Yeah, min- minimal. Minimal. I mean, minimal. Um, and when you consider what we're doing to, I mean, we're, we are butchering the cow from head to. to yeah, to, to, I mean, it's not end. exactly a... right. So there's going to be stuff right all over the place. But um, you reminded me that the, the the marketers of the you know global beef mafia uh, have a way to get around the grain-fed code word. And it, they can't grass feed, but they grass finish. Just a little hit at the end. Yeah. Ooh, grass finish. Ooh. Right. It sounds like a dessert. <laughs> Got that little grass finisher on top. And they are saying that even just a couple days. It's so... Of, of, of the grass pushes out a lot of those bacteria. But also qualifies to get around Some, the law. Right. Or the labeling. And isn't it weird that we have to have laws to make our food... I mean, what about just buying an apple? Yeah, you got to know. Is it organic? Is it pesticide? I mean, what is it? Well, I think the idea with that, and they will go to the minute as close as they have to to get their grass-fed or their grass-finished label. Mm -hmm. If it's four days required, they're not going to do seven days. No. They will do four days in one minute because they need that label, very similar to certified organic when it comes to your vegetables Mm -hmm. and everything else. And the sell the selling point for it is it's actually better for you. Yes, that it is healthier for you. That you consuming this is going to make you stronger. This is a superfood. If you buy the grass fed portion, because you have to get around the mind of the consumer to justify why this tiny little square of beef costs as much as the much larger container behind it of grain fed. Good point. Now on the other end of that, if someone's going to grass feed their cow. You're not going to be able to grass feed as many cows as you are grain cows. So more time, more energy, more effort has to be put into the grass fed. But if you own the land, it takes a lot less effort and a lot less dollars. You don't have to buy grain. Right, but you you and I both know that that grain is subsidized for pennies on the dollar. We do. Because there's no place to put it. Right. I mean, can you imagine we we need you to grow – half a million dollars worth of corn no one's going to buy your half a million dollars worth of corn so we the government are going to give you three hundred thousand dollars to grow it and then we will market it so that somebody will pay the extra 200 or two hundred fifty thousand dollars to buy the rest of that corn and this is where ag and ranching sort of fall into like they take care of each other Mm -hmm. in in some ways except for the ones who are really trying to do it right and really do the grass-fed model and if they do it right and it's marketed correctly they will make more on Mm -hmm. their cow and they won't have to have such a big operation are you familiar with the term carrying capacity i am okay it's a term we use we have used i think i taught it to you no don't do that okay but every patch of land has a carrying capacity and every critter in that region has a, a function, a, a, a niche. And the, so there are a lot of these sort of, I mean, some of these guys are old timers, but it's really kind of a hipster millennial thing going on. But folks are buying land and they're figuring out this land can only handle so many chicken, goats, pigs, cows. And my hero, Joel Sailton, I've said it before, I think he only has like a thousand cows on his property and they eat the grass and he doesn't have to pay to have them fed. Um, and he doesn't have to pay to have anything subsidized and these 
cows are our happy, happy cows. Well, and if you're doing it right anywhere around the world, you're using the right animals to support what you're doing. Right. We had talked about a sort of off air, the largest producing countries of beef or largest producing areas. And one of them was the EU. And, right. we, and we sort of joked that they're just really more known for their sheep. Well, that's <laughs> right. because sheep work really well in that environment. In the, that environment being? The rocky soil, the the mountain, mm-hmm. the... Uneven terrain. Yeah, the, the really wet, cold mornings that, mm-hmm. you know, all of that. And if you do, if you support the animals you're supposed to support that are native there, it becomes a little bit easier. Right. When you bring in things that don't belong there... You now have to work twice as hard to support them. And as we know, sustainability is not sustainable. Right. And one of the things I was looking at was how much of this land in the United States is really meant for this. And 29% of the land in the U.S. is pasture and rangeland. That's either too rocky, too steep, or too arid to support ag. So what do we do with it? Well, we got to do animals. Mm -hmm. We got cows, we got sheep, and we got goats, Mm -hmm. all of which produce protein. Yeah. Now, with that 29%, that's just us being efficient with it because not only could we not grow crops there, we probably could. We're pretty good at growing crops anywhere. Mm-hmm. It just requires a lot more effort and a lot more interaction with Diverting the environment. water. Yeah, yeah, you got to do all the things that aren't worth it. So we just do what we're supposed to do. We, we mm-hmm. find an adjustment to it. Or you just let it lay barren, mm-hmm. which in America is not a thing. No. Right? We're going to use everything that we have. So, you know, doing that is allowing us to really keep the cattle industry alive. If we didn't have the land for it, would we even be having this discussion or eating cows at all? Uh, I think at this point, let's just say we lost range land, the the grassland. I still think that you would see an industrial food economy. You would still see these feedlots, which, by the way, are almost always far away from big cities. And just due to geography are usually relatively close to bodies of water which can be a problem because cows are notorious for eating. And when a critter eats, a critter has to expel this, you know, manure. Um, well, do cows drink water, Josh? Uh, c- cows do drink water, but when we talk about cows consuming, when we talk about water and cows, a lot of it is a little drinking, but a lot of it is the food, the water needed to grow the corn someplace else. And you had a crazy stat. Yes, and this, you know it's, it's nice when you see a similar number pop up. More than once? More than once. Not produced by the same yes. company? But uh, a, a pretty typical number is one pound of beef, which I think would be about a baseball size of, of ground beef, takes 1,800 gallons of water. That's a lot of water. That's a lot of water. I mean, We're in a drought. <laughs> this is the problem. Yeah. Just get rid of the cows. Yeah. You shot all the cows. Well, you'd make the vegetarians mad, but if you shot all the cows, we'd have all the water back. Uh, Would we? Because now you're still growing grass that nobody can eat. Dang it. So that's not the answer? So, no. We We would have solved it already. We need need cows. That's their niche. And we know that there are parts of the world that should only hold X amount of cows. But that's not good enough for America because if you can make money growing 100 cows, then golly, you're going to make a lot more money growing 10,000 cows or 100,000 cows. Um... And when you move outside of this carrying capacity, you have to ship, distribute food in that cows shouldn't be eating, and then you have to deal with their waste. Um, It almost makes no sense, though. When you think about how much for one pound, and we're talking about cows that are being butchered that are 
easily over a thousand pounds, mm-hmm. right? Twelve hundred pounds, something yeah. like that. That's so much water. When I drive by a dairy, if I start adding all of that up, to me it becomes. And you said what's at the point where you see the lifestyle and you're like, mm-hmm. I have to change. I think if I saw all of the water in a big pool or a huge silo or something that visually showed me how much it took mm-hmm. to produce that ground beef, I think it actually might make a change in California. Well, in, in I disagree. <laughs> you think people are too selfish? Yeah. I mean, it would have to be a really good TikTok. Yes. You know. You got to explain it really fast and with yes. a good song behind it. Yes. And it has to be a pretty person. Uh-huh. But here's the other thing about the little deceiving about these numbers is, you know, it's not like the cow absorbed this water and is now holding on to it. Just imagining the fattest cow just. <laughs> yeah. So people think, wow, uh, 1,800 gallons of water per pound of beef, and there's like 700 pounds of, of meat on a cow. But, I mean, the cow is eating the plant, and it's metabolizing the the, the, the grass. It's going pee. It's going poop. The, the water does re- cycle in and out of the cow. Yeah, it's not gone water. Right. I mean, at that rate, <laughs> we wouldn't have a world left. <laughs> no. Talk about, I mean, a steak would be, you know, right. thousands of dollars. Um, but I did want to talk to you about something that nobody likes is, we. so the methane, you know, the cows burping and farting, but there's also a huge problem with cow sewage. And so they have to store this stuff in uh, manure lagoons. Now, wait a minute. You, the word lagoon, right? To me, sounds classy. Yeah. Ooh. The lagoon. Lagoon. Yeah. Now the manure lagoon <laughs> sounds way less classy. Yes. Uh, and is it, it has, what I'm thinking? It is. It, it's got texture. Um, and this is where, yeah, and, you know, I've seen this. I mean, some of these cows they they live on crates, and they they, they live like eight inches above the ground. They live in a little two foot, three foot, four foot space. And so when they when they do their business, it falls through the crate, and then someone has the job of washing this stuff out, and it winds up in a man-made pond. Um, now the bubble poo, I mean that's that's manure and urine, and that's a fertilizer, right? Well, at some point, the the buildup of nitrates is just toxic. Um, and for the longest time, that was one of the things that limited how many cows you could grow in this industrial. Uh, uh, idea. But where someone sees poo, someone sees dollars. And so now in in high density places like California, New York, Pennsylvania, um, they're actually looking at taking these manure lagoons, processing the, the, the waste and capturing the methane and using it to help power the the facility. Oh, we talking poo power? <laughs> we talking poo power. Poo power. The but, latest from Chevron. But I I love that as yucky as this idea is, someone said, but wait a minute. What if we capture the carbon and the greenhouse gases and we use them to do what greenhouse gases are associated with? And that is power. I mean, that's... That's every revolutionary idea, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's about trying to actually sweep up the problem that was created, mm-hmm. right? It's not so much out of the goodness of this person's heart. It's not so much about trying to find renewable energy. It's about this is a big problem, and if we don't fix it soon, X is going to happen. And it's, it's, a, it's a win-win. I got rid of the problem. 
I'm now making something somebody's going to want. However, <laughs> this will create a new problem. Which is the you know unintended consequences of, of almost everything humans ever touch. We just keep fixing, changing the problem. Yeah. But making it sound really good. Yeah. Now, I have a question because we've talked about the whole cow thing. Would you be willing to spend just a little bit more money knowing that your cow lived on a poo power feedlot? I don't think I want the poo power. You don't? I don't think so. I, I think I would spend... I would be more likely to spend more money on the poo power cow than I would the grass-fed cow. Something about grass sounds right. I know. I, I, I Something about poo sounds wrong. I know, but I... Now, I, are these poo lagoons on site? Because I've never they, seen one. They have... Well, yeah, they have to. So but, they you, can, but they put it at the back? Yeah, but you... You know, you drive, you drive the 99 corridor, you see dairies all over the place. Oh yeah, they that, just shove it to the back. That's so way no in the back. Oh no, we're we're talking about. Um, well, I don't want to name names, but where uh, Forty Six meets I Five is oh. a big restaurant out there. Yeah, yeah, you can smell that Got over it. there. Got it. Now, great place to eat. I'm sure the the bad people, place to swim, and I'm sure the people are more in. They're they're in compliance, so I'm not complaining. But yeah, this is the sort of thing that if you fell in, um, you're probably gonna die from something that really? gets inside you. That quick, huh? Well, I mean, not, not immediately. Not a, right, but it, it, it has that much of a... Yeah. It's, it, it's pretty bad, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but I do think I would be more inclined to buy the Poo Power-associated beef than I would the grass-fed beef. We are currently looking for a show sponsor, so <laughs> this episode brought to you by Poo Power. You know someone's got to someone's going to figure out a way to market it. Of course. And I um, hashtag sustainability. The most unsustainable thing. But it's there. Is is sustainability. And someone will take care of it. Yeah. Man, this is a great series. I know. I uh, there's more, there, but we got to leave it alone. Okay. There and there is a tri tip waiting for me. Actually, I, I was going to say I'm, it's making it really hard to eat steak, and I got to take a breather. Well. Um, I think what I'm hearing you say is that both you and I uh, uh, embody today's words of wisdom. Oh, I'm intrigued. Yes. Um, a Spanish proverb states, the belly rules the mind. And regardless of how many unpleasant things you and I have discussed today and, and, and last episode, nothing is going to stop us from eating our beef. Do you remember when uh, Super Size Me came out? Yeah. And everybody's like, I'm never eating McDonald's again. Oh, they're still the biggest chain. <laughs> Didn't last very long. And, and what did they, they used that to a positive. Because then they came out and said, you know what, you guys are right. We're listening. And we're going to keep charging you the same amount of money, but we're going to shrink our sizes and give you apples. <laughs> the apples is great. I hate the apples. My kids. Do they like it? They're like, oh, get the apples. Get, <laughs> get the apples and milk. That somehow is going to negate Yum. the entire Fast process. Fast food. I know. Uh, well, I'm sure the world is going to give us uh, another topic to discuss. Of course. We will be back soon with another episode. Please make sure that you subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And follow us on Instagram at The Common Counterpart. This has been episode 31. I'm Mark. And I'm Josh. See you.